Access All Areas on FUBAR Radio. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Access All Areas. I'm Stephen Lang. And I'm Bobby Norris. How are you, babe? I'm good. Had a little impromptu week off last week. Sorry about that. I, I missed you. Uh, I had the joys of um, uh, uh, absolutely horrendous migraine. Um which got me uh, sent over work. But other than that, um, absolutely fine. <laughs> oh, Are you feeling better now, though? Yeah, yeah. It Basically, I don't get really, really bad migraines that often because I carry medication with me, but very occasionally. And this one started, like, in the night. So I've kind of thought I was going to be all right, got to work, and I was like, I can't even really, like look at the screen properly so anyway my my boss is very kindly let me go home but it was on the day we record so I was like I don't know what state I'm going to be in by the time uh we get to recording time so best if I just let's just put the kibosh this um, lay in a dark room basically yeah which was um incredibly boring um but yeah otherwise all good how are you Bob I'm really good thank you really good lovely to be back I'm glad you're feeling better yeah, yeah, no, it's it's nice to be back um, uh, and and get things, keep things running and back to normal. Really, how was your weekend? Did you get out to anything nice? I did. Um, I had my friend. My friend was over visiting from America, um, so we did lots of. Uh, I, I could say wholesome activities, but it was lots of like pub getting calls, pissed, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He <laughs> um, summed it up exactly, exactly right, um, which ended up with me um after sort of 10 hours of drinking in the eagle which if anyone knows the eagle is like kind of a south london gay bar sort of institution um where things can get a bit raucous i feel um, like i've heard of the eagle but i don't often go south of the south of the waters yeah I wonder why i've heard of it maybe is it quite a quite a famous yeah and there's all there's and there's eagles like around the world there's like one in new york and stuff like i think it's a bit of like a famous sort of um gay bar franchise maybe um so yeah ended up in there and then do you know what bob i could rant about this for a long time ubers what the hell has gone on what is happening because i oh, left no, tell this me place, your story what's happened half past two i left this place Two Ubers later, 5 a.m., I finally got home. So it took me two and a half hours. I could have bloody got the bus quicker. Back could from... have walked quicker. Yeah, probably could have. I probably could have walked home quicker. Um, yeah, just an absolute nightmare. What's they doing? Just doing the, the cancel last minute thing on you? Cancelling lots. And then we got to, um, I, I was with two friends and they, they're partners and we dro- I dropped them off. Um, got out to say goodbye and the driver drove off. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was like, well, there's nothing you could do, is there? Like, and it was sort of, it must have been about, I'm going to say quarter to four by that point. Um, so then I had to walk, anyone that knows East London, I had to walk from basically Liverpool Street to Stepney, um, which was quite a journey. And all that time trying to get an Uber. Um, so, yeah, basically it was a bit of a disaster um but you know good night out other than that but what is i do want to know what's going on with uber and then looking at how much i spent on ubers was probably more than i spent on drinks all night um <laughs> uh so yeah but i mean other than that it was all good what about you how was your weekend what did i get up to i'm actually i think i had a really quiet weekend i can't actually think of God, how bad is that it was literally three or four days ago i, I didn't go out i think i just had a little bit of a chilled one Nice. It's just nice. I, I was with family Sunday 
Um, and what did I do Saturday? It, w- it would have been something very... Because I was having a low-key... Uh, I know, I was, it was an organisation day. I had these kind uh-huh. of... I think we spoke about it before. I was going through my wardrobe. Do you ever have, like, where you just need to have a little clear out of things? Yeah, yeah. And I, I had this thing where spring I think... Spring clean. A spring clean, literally. And I think, oh, I'm going to hang on to that. I'm going to hang on to that. And people will say to me, oh, I've watched something on video and they say... Um, if you're not wore it in six months, well, there's a lot of things we ain't wore for six months with everything that's happened. Yeah. Um, but I think, oh, I might, I might keep that. But it's just literally certain things which I'm not going to wear again. And I thought, oh, someone's going to make better use of that. So I just started filling bags up. But once I start and the bin liners are out, I kind of get a little bit carried away. So now you've got no clothes left. So, so literally, I've probably given away more than what I've kept. But, <laughs> but I think that there's like sh- T-shirts and shirts that I've got that are like, from smalls i'm thinking bobs you ain't getting in smalls no more like this really ain't happening you can hang on to these forever and a day babe but your your days are going in and and picking up a small from top man well there's no top man man, i mean uh, that shows how how long some of these things were but uh yeah some someone will get better use of them than me so yeah it was just literally one of them kind but That's I find good. that quite therapeutic for my mind. Um, 100%. And it's nice to look at your wardrobe and know that you will wear all of these things rather than what I do, which is I end up with like a shelf at the top just full of stuff. I'm basically shoving in like yeah. once it's like clean. You kind of push just, things to the far back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, then I, and then when I pull it all out, I'm like, I forgot I had that. And then I'm like, yeah, and I've never worn it in like six years. Why am I still keeping it? Um, and so yeah. when you squeeze too many things in... It's, I, I was noticing things that have been ironed, like shirts, where there was so much crammed up to one side, everything looks like it needs re-ironing again. Which is um, really stressful, so, isn't it? Yeah, so it was like literally one of them spring cleans and just things you kind of accumulate over time. And once I then started with the wardrobe, I was then clearing out other things and just throwing away things I've kind of kept for, for years that I don't really need. I think I must have, in a past life, hoarded tendencies. Although I kind right, of have OCD tendencies, I very much hold on to but the strangest of things do you, do you ever do that like random things like you keep a I mean I, I won't even go through it right now but in, in the drawer next to me I found a pile but for them I kind of keep for memories but even though your memories in your head I've got tickets from like Spice Girls concerts <laughs> Girls Allowed like ticket stub things yeah um, yeah yeah NTA tickets wristbands yeah. um I don't know what I'm ever going to do with them but um I'm like, oh, that's a memory. That's a memory. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, what you need, my mum, my mum made me like a memory box. Um, and I actually do kind of stick to that now within reason. So I do, what have do a you little... mean a memory box? Whatever don't fit in there goes. Yeah. What I want to keep. That. What I want to keep. So I've got some pictures, I've got some Polaroids and things like that. And then I've got, yeah, probably the odd like ticket stuff. I remember when I used to do a lot of red carpet chats and stuff, I used to keep the passes that I got on the red carpet for like premieres and things. Um, yeah, stuff like that. But yeah, I am pretty good now. I also do have a pin board, like a cork pin board, where I put up some stuff that kind of like, I'd like to look at and remember what I've done. Um, cause That's it is important idea. cause, cause the weeks, weeks and months and years go by and you do forget like what theater shows you've been to or like, well, look, I can't even remember what I did four days ago at the weekend. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but I could tell you that I went to Spice Girls in 2007 at the O2, sat in Block A2 or whatever it was. It, it, it's madness. But like certain things that I, I've kept, like you say, like my first red carpet things and certain things. But then it kind of gets to the point where where do you draw the line? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but I used to, I think it started when I was a kid because I mean I'm probably showing my age now. I don't know if you really get them anymore on holiday. But do you ever used to get like a cocktail? Obviously, it was non-alcoholic, by the way, because yeah. I was a kid. But you'd get like a, a plastic flamingo or the umbrella or like the firework thing, which was kind of like a confetti, not confetti, yeah. like a foil thing. Yeah, yeah. And I would spend the week going around the, the, the holidays, I was in Greece, parrots, the paper parrots. I mean, they're not so much the things I still have, but I think it must have started then. I associate memories with things. I then, totally agree with you. I've you got get one from the I mean? Philippines. I've got, actually got one from the Philippines where it's like, it's a cocktail store, but it's like a shrimp, like a curly shrimp at the top. And I've kept that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why I've ever, but but then it's in my memory box, so you know what I mean. It will that's that's all right. That's where it will stay. It's not. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get a memory box, and what doesn't fit has to go. Yeah, and you have to be sort of like severe with yourself. But yeah, I mean, I'm a bit of a hoarder too, so it's hard. I get it. But but um, so I've reined the scale because I'm quite happy once the bin liners are out, I'll start. But I think you have to open emotionally, open the mind, and start clear. But I've got two drawers of DVDs. I don't even have a DVD player anymore. No. Why have I got DVDs? It is true. It is true. Although I have to say, I have a PlayStation, which I do occasionally play a DVD on. And when I have my nephews visit and stuff, although I was going like, yeah, they're not going to watch like The Iron Lady or Burlesque <laughs> or uh, any of these things. And I've got some old like uh, Studio Ghibli, like Japanese animation films. And it's like, they're not going to watch them either. So um, yeah, I'm saying it's a good thing, but maybe not. But there's been some exciting news for you, Bob. You're, the, the show that you were working on has been announced, isn't it? It has. So I can finally, and I'm so excited that I can announce now, because I've kept it secret, but um, actually did one of our one of our recordings from a hotel when I was staying there, um, mm-hmm. as you know. So I can I can officially announce that I'm going to be on the next series of Celebrity Karaoke Club. And it was such a fun show to do. Some great, great celebs there. Such a, such a laugh, really fun. And I was a little bit scared when I kind of got the call asking if I wanted to do it because I'm, I'm not known for my singing abilities. Vocal talents. Yeah. Uh, Elton John isn't worrying. <laughs> um, but I kind of thought, you know what, you just do it, what you've got to lose. Um, but it is a scary thing. Um, yeah, especially if you're not used to it, getting up in front of people and a camera or multiple cameras. <laughs> yeah. And uh, especially when you probably know you're up against some amazing singers. But um, I obviously don't want to give the game away. Uh, but it's a vast spectrum of singing abilities, of talents, shall we say. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Um, wh- whether some of us would, would get to boot camp if it was X Factor, I don't know. That is a retro reference these days. Wow. I'm <laughs> my age, aren't I? <laughs> but uh, regardless, and I think the one thing that made me feel more comfortable, and, and I actually really loved doing it, it was such a fun show to do, is there's a massive difference to go and sing, say, X Factor, Britain's Got Talent, a, a talent show, shall we say, The Voice, that's a show yeah. that's still going. Um, <laughs> to, to go and sing, knowing you can sing and trying to get a record deal out of it. The big difference between that and doing karaoke. So bearing in mind, there's a, a group of celebs with a free bar and access to a karaoke machine you, you can see how it's gonna go and uh, yeah I, I don't know when it is but as soon as i do i will tell you guys first but um yeah excited, it, excited that i can announce it and yeah uh, yeah it, it'd be a it'll be a great watch like i say it's it's the taking part that counts which is what <laughs> i always used to tell myself at sports day same babe same babe <laughs> i used to come second in the skipping race every year that was as far as i, I loved got. skipping 
I mean, what a surprise! TK I mean, Metcalf, I was the, say, the, the, the shock. I'm sure people are falling off the <laughs> off the tube chair right now whilst they're listening to this. <laughs> yeah, who else is taking part in the show? So we have got we've got Chrishell from Selling Sunset. Uh, yeah. Got Laura Anderson from Love Island, yeah. Chloe Sims from Tearway. Who else have we got? I'm trying to think now. Got Donna Preston. Oh, yeah, fab. We have got Karim. Oh, yeah, Karim, yeah. Karim. Uh, who else? Have, who's the men? Um, Ahura. Ahura. So I'm trying to think now because it's one of them things that we that it starts off. I don't know how many of us start off say maybe six and then every episode at the end of every ep one of us gets voted off but you have to vote each other off okay. so every every ep that ends someone leaves does a mic drop start of the next ep someone arrives so over the course of it i think there's 12 celebs um so but yeah like i say it, it's definitely going to be worth a watch yeah and, yeah uh, definitely exciting i think it's, it's gonna be out in the summer right I think at this summer, yeah, ITV too. So watch this space. Fab. Um, well, uh, we have an exciting show uh, coming up today. Two guests for you. Uh, we've got Tristan Phipps from um, Made in Chelsea, um, who's a bit of an uh, outdoorsy character, um, safari man, and, yeah, lots of interesting stuff to talk to, to him about. And then um, fresh from her win on The Apprentice, we've got Harpreet Kaur, um, coming on to talk to us. So, yeah, looking forward to talking to them. How has the showbiz news been? Well, we could say fortnight because we didn't do last week, but anything caught your eye? Oh, no. So what, what's caught my eye? Got to start, obviously, because it's just coming off the, off the back of Brooklyn's wedding. Allegedly rumoured that Romeo Beckham is ready to marry his girlfriend. There's something in the Beckham water. There really is. I mean, I don't want to point it out. He's 19 years old. That is very I think I've young. got a loomie in my fridge that's older. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, definitely. I've got some curry powder in my in my in my spice drawer. Um, yeah, I mean it's that is that is young to be uh, to be thinking about that sort of thing. Do you reckon it's like sort of um, piggybacking off the back of uh, old Brooklyn? No, I don't know because I'd like to think not because I just don't think marriage can possibly be one of them where you try to up. So it's quite a serious thing, isn't it? I say quite a very serious thing. I mean, it's not that I've ever been married or even been engaged, <laughs> but um, I, I I really don't know. I think they're probably off the back of, of Brooklyn's huge wedding, which I think was rumoured to be over three mil. I think that, in your head, does it because does it then talking of trying to rub? There's kind of a pressure if your brothers just said that. I don't know if it'll be a little bit more, like, yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, I don't have brothers or sisters, so I don't know if it's a compare thing. I don't think weddings kind of should be. Um, I don't know. I, I'm a big believer that they say when you know, you know, but all I'm saying is I'm glad I didn't marry who I was with when I was nine years <laughs> no, uh, absolutely <laughs> not. I mean, yes, that's a prime and very good point. I feel like the who I was dating when I was 19. Well, they were all probably about my age now, to be honest. So that probably wouldn't have worked out too well because they'd be nearly 60 years old now. <laughs> um, you, ever, you ever been engaged, Stephen? No, not even close. You're no. not actually, you're, you're not really feeling marriage though, are you? I mean, I'm not... We spoke about it not that long ago. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't bother you either way. No, I think I think I I would I would like to have a partner. I'd like to settle down. 
Um, but I think for for me, I'm marriage like getting a certificate, walking down the aisle, all that stuff. Don't know, not that bothered. Yeah. Um, Potatoes, potatoes, babe. So, well, I guess we'll have to keep an eye on old uh, on old Romeo and see if he does follow in uh, Brooklyn's footsteps. Um, maybe that's the trend nowadays. Maybe it's gone back to maybe that's everything a good point. goes around in a circle, don't they say? Fashion, everything yeah. kind of what goes around comes. Oh no, that's karma. Did I say what goes around comes around? That's definitely a yeah, saying. But it's I don't not know if it's what... about weddings. No, it's no. not. <laughs> yeah, it's basically if you do something bad, then they will get you in the end. Yeah. Um, but back uh, but in no. the day, people got married young, didn't they? Maybe that's what people do now. Yeah, maybe we've just missed the boat Which that time makes and me and you <laughs> now well in our mid-20s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think we're kidding anyone, oh, Bob, dear. sadly. No, boy, um, uh, well, yeah, so maybe, well, I mean, I'm up for seeing more pictures of the Beckhams looking fab at a wedding, so... 100%. Um, we might get an invite to this one. I think crossed. Brooklyn's got the wrong email address for me. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Um, uh, well, let's do a little bit more showbiz goss uh, in a bit, because our first guest, uh, Tristan, is here to chat. So let's get him in. Perfect. Hello. Tristan, how are you doing? Very well, very well. How are you, Stephen? Great, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. What's been going down? Thanks for having me, man. I've been outside enjoying the sun. Uh, I'm here. Yeah. Lovely, isn't it? Let's crack open the rosé. Let's enjoy it. <laughs> man after me, oh no. You know what it is. I've been waiting all year for this. About time we had some, some good weather. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. That's so British, um, isn't it? Talk about the weather straight away. Well, we, I mean, we literally do this every week on this show. We're like, wow, oh my God, the weather's finally nice. So we totally that get it. He's got to go straight with the <laughs> Yeah, basically. It is, it's a very British thing to do and that's fine. It is. Um, yeah, what have you been doing then, making the most of it? Because you're quite an outdoorsy busy. guy, aren't you? I am. I, for a man who lives in London, I do love the outdoors. It's a slight juxtaposition to what I'm yeah. about. But um, I, yeah, I've been, I'm, I'm a, a hybrid creature, I like to describe myself kind of indoor outdoor version um but yeah i've been in, i've been enjoying the summer i'm busy meetings in the city but now i'm here chatting to you guys and i wanted to ask you Trish, how have you found filming the last series because it's currently airing now isn't it so when yeah, did you wrap that series because you, you have quite a long time from filming to it airing don't you yeah do you know what this is this is um so we had quite a long time off our biggest break is is november till kind of February we started again we finished about I must have been about a month ago now finished filming or sorry about two weeks ago um and we go and start the next series in two weeks again so this is a small oh, wow. little period yeah it kind of runs throughout the whole year um but it's been really nice being out of COVID lockdown rules now because I tell you what the last year two years was so different to the, to the normal kind of where we film in Chelsea it was more like a big brother meets I don't know some other show which was quite intense, um, made good viewing. But uh, it's nice to be back in London, kind of getting on with your normal life and then having the filming alongside it. So it's, it's been great, to be honest. And can you massively, I mean, apart from the obvious, can you tell the difference when filming? Now restrictions have lifted, because I know in Terry, when we, we did a, our first series back after, I think, the initial lockdown, lockdown one, they all become a blur, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, restrictions have been put in place. It was very, very strange because the nature of Terry, I think, like Made in Chelsea and a, a lot of shows like ours, are that we're together socialising in yeah. groups and then kind of moving about. So it was kind of having to form bubbles and then consciously having the two-metre gap. Now, in yeah. t- we used to kind of be shoulder to shoulder up until... In each other's faces. Yeah. yeah, literally. Yeah, literally. When someone wanted to throw a drink. 
before you throw that glass of wine are you two meters away it's really it's really hard snogging someone from two meters away isn't it <laughs> <laughs> no it's so honestly there's been some terms and words that i've learned in the last year that i've never thought i could close contact cohort i know yeah. what that meant social distancing so we basically create we get tested regularly. Obviously, there's all sorts of regist- registration, restriction, sorry, rules and stuff that the channel have to go through to kind of get the go ahead for filming. So it's quite intense COVID protocols, testing twice a week. Every time we Even arrive now. on set. Uh, well, we're not filming now, but I imagine it will be for the summer series. Yeah. Right. Um, lateral flows before you arrive on location, that kind of stuff. And then you get put in close contact cohorts, which essentially mean that you can break that two meter rule because you're getting tested so regularly, but it's it's specific to kind of who your social group is. So obviously there's a lot of different groups in the show, people mm-hmm. who would hang out normally and those who wouldn't. Um, so you're in kind of separate cohorts and then you can you can kind of do whatever you want. So what are your predictions? You've got a couple of weeks till you start again. Yeah. Now watching this one back, because you have quite a gap, because obviously you film, you, you rap filming and then you watch it back. Now, yeah. now you know you're going back like into an... Yeah, <laughs> right, the pillow. Yeah, because there's such a break. Do you do you almost forget what you've said? Because even when we used to have like a, a week or so in between filming to it airing, by the time it was edited, we'd be like, "Oh, I forgot I said that." Yeah. That one round. Is, that, is that how quick it is for Tally? Is it is it that quick? Yeah, wow. it could Amazing. be within like a week to two weeks. It was such a quick turnaround. But even then, you know what it's like. If you was filming a scene for say an hour and a bit the two yeah. or three minutes that becomes when you almost forget things that were said and that was in that close frame of two yeah. weeks so we i guess for you guys yeah so you probably it's do big... forget <laughs> oh it's a strange one like obviously this series is super dramatic like and it gets more dramatic let's just put that out there it's hectic um but it's for mainly it's like obviously reliving it is quite crazy because you you go through it and then suddenly it's on it's on TV and, and then you know, people are commenting and this, that, and the other. And do the worst thing, to be honest, is hearing what other people have been saying about you three months later. Like, yeah, when you thought you were all good then, by then. Yeah. Like, you're like, I'm over it now. And then suddenly you're like, hold on a minute, I'm not over it anymore. Because that's like, that's that. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, that, that is quite, you almost live it twice, kind of the reality at the time. And then well, it all comes back. And, and it, it, you've got to be quite careful about not, particularly in relationships and friendships and stuff, not holding on to that. I think that's quite a big lesson people learn is to not be like, right, it happened four months ago, life's moved on. Let's not let that kind of overtake everything. But again, yeah, the, the four months is, I think it's about three or four months. It is quite tricky to to get back in that headspace of what was going on there because your life's obviously moved on so much. And then also the other side of it, because there's such a big gap between the show airing and where we're at now, is kind of not keeping our life secret, if you like, but kind of not ruining the show for everybody yeah, and letting yeah. people be part of that journey because so much has happened that you kind of have to be like oh wait uh they think we're here but we're actually here you know this relationship's not happening anymore <laughs> people think it is you're walking down the street holding hands with someone else like hold on a minute <laughs> yeah 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 do you know what? it's so funny i remember i remember years ago i used to work at a magazine and i think it must have been when when chelsea first started and trying to like deal with the press office who were trying to keep a secret of what was going on in the real world and then well interview people about upcoming storylines it was an absolute nightmare but I think people yeah. have got better at it now because it's more we've been doing it for so long it's, you know, it's, it's, lot, yeah. it's, it's a well-oiled machine now but in the beginning yeah. it was like fighting fires all over the place they had no idea exactly. it's um, like pretty much don't say anything yeah yeah yeah. just stay quiet yeah Yeah. and I think also the journalists learned eventually what they could and couldn't ask because it was like pointless or or 
that yeah. yeah someone would come down and then like a ton of bricks but <laughs> it is it is hard to remember you're like oh am i allowed to say that is that where i'm I, to be honest because it's i don't know if you guys have seen on all four we have the next episode airing as the first one comes out so one and two came out at the same time so we're kind of like i actually don't know where we're at now in terms of what the viewers no, I'm pretty sure they're at episode four or five. But that's also like a, a thing these days as well that also kind of, well, I guess it did exist like maybe 10 years ago, but was a lot smaller. It's like people aren't always watching it at the exact time that like they used to. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not like everyone's watching the programme at Wednesday at 10 or whatever. Like now they yeah. might go back to it six months later or whatever and like and be visiting it then and maybe tweet you something. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that does like happen. That. You get the old comment, you're like, what you're calling me out for what that was like two years ago mate i'm here now something else to call me out for surely so i know it's always impossible to, to predict because it is reality and you kind of every day is very different but for the new series that you're about to go into knowing what you know from the previous that's obviously all wrapped and stuff what yeah. are your predictions do you reckon it's I'll explosive take... oh bobby this has been <laughs> I've done this for four years now. I've done shows for four years. And this is the last series has hands down been the most hectic one I've been part of. There's so much more to come. It's, it's, it's crazy. Like we all, every year we say, Oh, there's not at the beginning of the series. You go, Oh, there's not much like, there's not much going on. Surely it's going to be a bit boring. I'm sure you have the same entire, not, what are you going to talk about? And then suddenly you're like, Oh shit. <laughs> like, yeah. That happened. So this has definitely been a series of polarization. I'd say there's a lot of, relationships or not so much kind of you know people going in different directions friendships relationships across the board so we're going away for a summer series i'm not sure i can tell you where we're going but we're going away yeah you, you can you can. I can. <laughs> yeah. we're going to it's hot is what i'll tell you i'll be wearing swimming trunks and no t-shirt that's a surprise that's right any excuse um but it's going to be really interesting the dynamics to be really into the social dynamic because what you guys have seen already there's been a lot of breakups i mean emily and harvey obviously the main one and friendship groups that were formed before going away now we don't know how that's going to kind of work out and and how we're going to have that social dynamic because we usually we are a very close knit group but this year there's been a lot of fracturing in that group so it'll be really interesting to see how the summer plays out and it will be explosive i've got no doubt and it's something always more dramatic i always found when away from home so if ever we was on a trip ever filming on holiday i don't know because we're not all going home to our own house brits abroad brits <laughs> abroad yeah uh very yeah. much so but i think yeah. even if you're in the most dramatic storyline or you've had a row you've had a breakup you generally go home don't you after filming yeah. have a bit of dinner chill time go back to filming the next day when you're on holiday all in a villa together or all in a hotel you kind of you don't have that. So I always used to find it's a lot more dramatic when when yeah. filming away. That was certainly what we found from the lockdown series as well. Because in the lockdown series, because of the COVID protocols and the national lockdowns, we couldn't even leave the premises of the of the, the houses we were staying in. So we were yeah. there, like we were in it. <laughs> you know, when we go over when we go overseas, at least we'll have that kind of. You know, we're not filming every single day. We can kind of get on with our lives. Most of us got businesses to be running and stuff, so we got work to do during the week. Um, and that can run alongside it. But absolutely, if you're in that environment and um, we are there for six to eight weeks, I think it's going to be very intense. And, and that stuff, you, you can't just step away from it. It's on your front door every minute of every day. So, yeah, it will be difficult to kind of escape that. But, you know, that's why these summer series or the away trips are so great because, you know, everyone's there and, and they're in it. Yeah. And you get to soak up a few ways, have a cheeky cocktail around the pool. 
Exactly. I'll be hitting the mic as soon as we land. <laughs> do you do you find though, like with sort of never ending drama, you mentioned like some of the what's happened with you. Does that ever mm. make you question doing more of the series? Because obviously you like you said, you do have like a life away from the show. It's not like this yeah. is the only thing you do. I think if we're if we're being realist, like, you know, it is what we sign up for. Um and I think as with life, you know, there are always highs and lows. It's it's kind of I hate to use the word a journey, but it is, you know, and it's, it obviously adds a different dynamic when it's played out on camera and it's, you know, for the nation to kind of watch and comment and judge. But I think for most of us, the reason why we're doing it, there's a reason why we come back to it, you know, series on, series out. It is a great environment to, to work in when it's good. Um, they got the team are great. You know, most of the cast members are great. Not all of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not all of them. But I think there's, yeah. There's, I think for me personally, there's a timeline to it, but there hasn't been a, a situation as of yet that's been like, no, I'm not coming back. Yeah, as of yet. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you find the social media? Like you say, because obviously when episodes go out uh, and everyone, which is part of the past of being on a reality TV show, people are going to have opinions. And now more than ever, everyone's accessible on TV because we all have social media. How do you find that side of things? I think, you know, it's, you, you have got to have a thick skin. Um, I think the, my mentality going into reality TV was like my nearest and dearest are my important people, you know, if they turn around to me and say, Tristan, you're acting like a bit of a prick. That's when I'll pay attention, you know, cause they know me and they, they know who I am and what I'm like. And I think it's really hard or probably quite easy for people who are, you know, watching the show to, to, to form an opinion from a snapshot they get, they get two minutes of a scene that's been an hour long. And they get a couple of those in a series. Do you know what I mean? So they're, they're kind of formulating this opinion of you without them really knowing you. Um, so that is hard when I think sometimes it's so far from your truth uh, that people are assuming you're this, you're that, or you've acted a certain way. And you, all you want to do is defend yourself and kind of clear your name, but you're just going to run out of energy if you do that. So I think it's really important to have the mindset of, you know, my, again, my nearest and dearest people closest to me, the important ones. Everyone will have an opinion, um, but that will probably pass because I think, you know, these things don't usually last that long and the people's opinions change very quickly week on week out really with this show so and i think about, you have a thick skin yeah how about the dms how are they looking who's sliding <sighs> into them there's uh, the dm i'll tell you what that is that's one usually a positive part of social media <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's two sides to the scale um as a single bloke obviously it's quite you know it's it's, it's nice um but also there's there are keyboard warriors on there who every now and then they get you in a bad mood and one of those comments really riles you up but it's just people have opinions don't they and i think if you pay all your attention to it you, you're going to get weighed down and run out of energy so it's really my mentality is to kind of not get too sucked into it. i don't really read comments i don't really read twitter definitely not twitter um <laughs> i try and avoid kind of any article comments and stuff and just focus on my own race really yeah wise words do you, did, you mentioned your sort of your, your nearest and dearest and stuff. Do they watch the show or do they uh, sort of just leave it to you yeah. to sort of, because it's a difficult one, isn't it? You might have wanted them to see, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. To be fair, my dad actually called me in the last series, not, not the one airing now, the one before I had quite a tough last two series when, when we were away, mm. had a kind of ongoing breakup and stuff. And he was like, Tris, listen, I just can't watch you crying on TV anymore, mate. Like oh. I love you. <laughs> I just, it was hard. So they nowadays are kind of like, it's almost like they know what's going on in my life. So they don't really need to watch the show if you like, because they get this 
snapshot of of people's opinions and everything and they're like nah we know the real so in short no um my family don't watch it anymore um but my mates do and they take great pleasure in sending me messages off the episode saying you did that you did what hold on a minute that's not what you said at the time i'm like (laughs) mum and dad definitely don't watch it anymore and it must be hard as a a parent i imagine yeah definitely that journey um i probably wouldn't watch my if i had children when i have children watch them on reality tv yeah, I can understand that. And what, what like, what's life like away from Chelsea for you at the moment? What have you been up to? What have you been doing? Um, I have recently launched a travel business, which has been really exciting. Um, so I used to be a safari guide in, in Southern mm. Africa um, and kind of organised trips outside. And I've started a business now organising and hosting trips out to predominantly Africa. So that's been really exciting. Obviously, quite a tough time for travel at the moment. Mm. Um, but that's starting it's to... It's getting better, right? Yeah, It is, yeah. It's getting better, which is great. So I've got uh, my first trip to South Africa booked out for the 17th of August. Uh, sorry, yeah, 17th of August. And is that the first time you've been back? In no, I was I was there um over Christmas and New Year's. I was there for three ah, months okay. from, from November to Jan, yeah. Um, which was beautiful. But uh yeah, it's it's been really positive to be fair. Um coming out the back of the lockdowns, I think everyone's got a new lease of life and being able to focus on business and, and getting things picked up again has, has been really exciting. So it's great. And when the show's filming in the in the in the way it is now in London and you can balance everything. It's a really nice place to be in, to be honest. So I'm very happy my side at the minute. Amazing. Yeah, it all sounds pretty perfect to me. Wow, yeah, then you've got South good. Africa books. Yeah, geez. Yeah. As, as a, I mean, it's a bit of an industry sort of chat, but like, has the safari sort of industry been really badly hit by the pandemic? Yeah, really. Do you know what? Because, you know, unlike over here, they weren't government grants or kind of right. um, financial fallbacks, people over there, tourism sector was was the biggest form of income for these, for the, well, for the, all the guys who live in these rural parts of, um, mm. of Africa who are kind of working in the safari industry. So it was really, really detrimental to those guys. Um, a friend of mine actually started a foundation to support them over the lockdown. Right. I managed to, or some of the guys we used to work with managed to raise a lot of money, but it's an ongoing issue. And then obviously poaching picked up at the back of that because the income that people would have to, to feed themselves, something they don't have, and they're having to rely on going out and sourcing their own, meat and food from from the environment they live in so it, it has been really really tricky which is why you know we're just really excited to to get that up and running and um, get people back in into these environments and, and help the locals there because without those guys we wouldn't have the ability to go on safaris and, and visit these places yeah yeah wow it's really interesting I'm yeah to look into um well tristan where can we find made in chelsea if we're looking for it and you where can we find you I am. I uh, made in Chelsea is on E4 Monday nine o'clock. Um, we'll be in a hot, beautiful climate, so that will be to come very soon. All four is well for catch up, and I'm on social media. Tristan Phipps. Perfect. Only nice comments, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm literally spamming it with bad content. Right now, so <laughs> nothing, bad, nothing nice to say. <laughs> uh, no, thank you so much for for joining us, Stephen. Really appreciate it, and uh, and best of luck. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Have a lovely rest of your day. Enjoy. You too. Thank you. Best of luck for the next series. Yeah, thanks, Bobby. Cheers. See ya. Take care. See ya. Bye. What a lovely chap. Yeah, lovely chap. And I I have to say that, like, I know it's a little bit interesting to talk about things like that, but you forget, like, I think, like, that there are places that are still really badly affected by what's gone on, especially tourism and stuff. Um, and, And it's nice to think that, you know, people like him are trying to make a difference and sort of get it back. To where it was before absolutely um, i mean if you if anyone wants to take me on a safari to south africa i'm more than happy to jump on that plane 
um, yeah. and go see some elephants. That's fine. I'm up for that. Made, made toes. If you take it, Stephen, you have to take Bobby as well. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go South Africa, Stephen. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you wouldn't have to. You wouldn't have to tell me twice. Well, I've got three holidays booked now, so I'm dead excited. Do you know what I mean? I've got all your lovely life. You know what I mean? Jet setter. Yeah, I mean Ryanair, but it'll do. <laughs> Don't matter as long as it's got wings and it flies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully safely. Um, well, before our next uh, guest, Harpreet comes in, let's um, let's do a little bit more showbiz gossip. So what caught your eye then, babes? Well, I think we've actually spoken a little about this before, but um, uh, but I was quite quite intrigued by Vicky Patterson um, and uh, and what she had to say about her freezing her eggs because obviously she got engaged to Erkan a little while ago, didn't she? Mm. Um, and she said that um, that she's gone forward with sort of plans to freeze her eggs because she's I think she's she thirty four, thirty five, something like that, and she's um, she's thinking now that she she should be doing that in preparation because they're not ready to have kids yet and, and blah, blah. There seems to be more and more people interesting sort of talking at the one end of the spectrum, sort of uh, Romeo Beckham at 19, but then also sort of like taking their repro- like pet couples taking their reproductive health seriously and thinking like, you know, this is the age we're going to have to do it. And yeah, I was kind of intrigued. It's quite, it's quite refreshing to hear her talk so honestly about something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think we definitely live in a a generation now where things aren't necessarily how they used to be 20, Mm -hmm. 30, 40 years ago, where a lot of people married kids by 19, 20, which is amazing. A lot of people want their career, so a lot of women and men are are starting families slightly older now. and I just think amazing te- technology we've got now uh, and options we've got now, which is accessible, yeah. or m- more accessible than it was however many years ago, that people can do that. Um, I think it can only be a good thing, you know, like it's definitely, I can kind of, I can see that pe- people, because I think there is still a guilt. Some people feel like they has to have, they can't have it. Oh, when I'm, I think, you, you can. I think why can't but you have to you plan have it? That's the but thing. You have like, to plan it, and you can't just think, expect it to happen. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything harm. There's there's anything wrong with having children slightly later enough and having your career first. And let's like, say how amazing that we've kind of got science and, and medicine now that kind of gives you that option, even if it's more just for peace of mind. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that's like it's great to, to uh, for Vicky to be sort of like talking about it because you just don't often sort of hear people be really honest about things like their reproductive health and stuff and and it's nice to hear that she's sort of getting the getting it out there yeah i mean i don't i, I imagine i don't actually know that it's probably quite a pricey procedure you know it's not something that that is just done for you on the nhs um but yeah interesting and i wonder i wonder how long they will leave it because obviously i imagine they'll probably get married fairly soon and then wonder if maybe she's sort of thinking in three or four years but best to get the eggs now while they're still healthy and and she's in you know her top physical shape um and yeah yeah good for her i think absolutely our next guest is here perfect let's get harpreet in hi guys hello hello babes harpreet how how are you i'm really good thank you um to be honest i tell you what's been making me feel the most good recently is the weather like the sun (laughs) just makes me so happy 
we were just having that conversation with our former with our with our previous guest um it, i mean it really does make a very big difference doesn't it it really does honestly i've, I've actually been cracking a smile which is quite rare for me <laughs> it's so true what a little bit of sun does everyone just feels a little bit happier and it's a little bit nicer which yeah. is can only be a good thing it's a win-win first i want to say congratulations thank you thank you so much what have you been up to since winning the show and has it sunk in yet? Busy, I would imagine. <laughs> <sighs> it's been really, really busy. I mean, running a business anyway is full on. I've been running my business six years, so it's not a new idea. But going on the show has really kind of accelerated, um, you know, all the orders. I've, I've launched the nationwide delivery service um, on the final night. So that's been intense because it's almost been like, just a whole new arm of the business that we just haven't done before. The stores have been really busy. Um, you know, it's just been manic. And then ha- juggling all that with all the media attention, I'm not going to lie, it's been really intense, but I've been really enjoying it. How do you find the media attention? It's new for me because I've never been on TV before. I, I, I wasn't really active on social media before this process. I've never really had any desire to be famous or in the public eye. So going through the process, I'm getting so many messages now from young people and women saying, wow, you're a role model. So people are watching everything I'm doing now, which is is totally new for me because I'm traditionally quite a private person. Um, So, yeah, it's new. It's nice because obviously everyone's being really supportive, really positive. And I think it's it's nice, you know, going on The Apprentice and getting an investment for your business. It's an achievement. So it's it's only a good thing. What's what's it like? So, I mean, because, yeah, like like kind of Bobby said, like once you've actually won, it's not a bit it's not like you do uh, Celebrity Big Brother and you won and then that's it. You know, like then it's actually it's kind of the beginning of it once you've won The Apprentice, isn't it? Yeah. Um, how has that been sort of working alongside Lord Sugar getting mm-hmm. I mean like you said your business already existed but you know getting the the money involved and all that how's that been mm-hmm. do you know what it feels like so obviously I've been running my business six years and anyone that's ever set up their own business when you first set up it's it's unreal you are just hit from every single angle with something new and that's how I feel again like there's just this constant pressure from waking up to going to sleep but I don't think that's just because that's not because Lord Sugar's applying that pressure to mm. me it's I'm applying that pressure you know I've put this business in the public eye and I know its potential I have to achieve that now and I'm a very um driven person I'm very like I like things quick 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 so it's almost like really making me kind of I don't know I'm just hungrier than ever to make this business a success um but working with Lord Sugar, um, so he's out of the country at the moment, um, but he's completely in touch and his advisors have actually been really good. Like, really? I don't, I don't, I don't mean it in a bad way, but su- like surprisingly good as in. <laughs> oh, well, you, you probably know, weren't expecting it like to be as like as involved or something as they are maybe, right? Yeah, I kind of almost expected it to be, okay, you need to go and perform and you know, make money and, you know, we're going to assess how you're doing. And it's not been like that. They've been like really helpful and really open and um, just being able to step in and support where necessary, but also being, you know, letting me get on with it and trusting me that I know my business. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually really, really enjoying it so far. I wanted to ask you, so in the six years of having the business, 
Mm-hmm. Had you ever thought about applying to The Apprentice before? And if not, mm-hmm. what made you decide this is the time now? Because th- that must be quite a scary thing because it's potentially not just going on TV for the first time, but it's, mm-hmm. it, it, it changes the game, doesn't it, completely? So I personally have always wanted to go on The Apprentice. I've watched it growing up as a kid. I've never really kind of material, like really thought, okay, I'm going to apply. I'm going to apply. I did once a couple of years ago, but I never actually did it. I actually always wanted to do it because that's my idea of fun. I really want to do cool tasks and like see if I can win. I'm really competitive. So I just wanted to do it for fun. And like, I'm the type of person that thinks, well, if, if they can do it, if she can do it or he can do it, I can do it. So I just have that weird competitive streak and I just wanted to do it just for the, like, you know, for the fun, fun element. Um, and then actually saying on my business, I really wasn't sure whether to apply for the show because I felt a little bit of imposter syndrome because I had it in my head that Lord Sugar would be wanting to support someone who's brand new to business and wanting to like really help them get it going from the ground upwards. So I wasn't sure he'd be interested in me because I don't know. I just thought maybe the nature of the show is just to support someone new, but also he's invested in food and dessert businesses before. So I just, there was a slight thought that, that kind of creeped in that, you know, you're not, that's not the platform for you, but because of the driven side of me and wanted to have a bit of a go, I thought, now I'm going to give it a go. Let me just apply and see how far I get. But so yeah, I got on it and I I actually went and won it as well, which is even better. (laughs) Was there ever a point during filming, I'm guessing not day one, like you say, because you kind of didn't ever expect to do the show and you certainly didn't expect him to invest. Was there a point during the process where you thought, I can do this or Mm. I I, I could really win this now? Yeah, you're right that I didn't think that on like day one or task one at all. I did go into it because I'm a very like confident, sure of myself person. And as soon as I got there, honestly, I panicked. And you get one phone call a week and I rang my sister and I bawled my eyes out. I was like, oh. get me out of here. This is so hard. Like, I'm so smart. And I was, I said to her, please don't be embarrassed if I like come home like very soon you know um because it's a lot tougher than what you see on television it's a really grueling process and the tasks are tough you know so um well a lot of the times also the tasks aren't actually anything to do with things you know about right quite often I've I've never made a toothbrush you know Um, (laughs) have you no (laughs) I can't say I have probably never will no and I've never made a non-alcoholic drink because if you're going to make make the effort to make a drink you make an alcoholic one right (laughs) so it was just you're really thrown in the deep end there's cameras everywhere you're working with people that need to be your teammates but they're also competing against you. So everything is just working against you. And honestly, I've never just been so mentally exhausted. There's a real like um, resilience that you have to kind of form to get through. You just really have to mentally be there because the exhaustion takes over physically and emotionally. Um, I forgot the original question. (laughs) Um, Just was there ever a point, and if so, when was it during the process where you thought actually... I could get to the final and I could win this. Yeah, I did start thinking that as because I think I only lost up until task um, nine. I'd only ever lost one task. And in my head, I thought, okay, if if we lose, if my team loses again, there's no way I'm going home because I've had such a good proven track record. And I knew I was contributing enough. 
I knew I could get to the interview stage from probably halfway. Thought, yeah, I can do this, probably from chest five or six. Um, and when I got to the interviews, I felt I'd performed well. And I felt, I, I'm just being honest, I felt I deserved a place in the final. But I did also come to a self-acceptance that if I got fired or he didn't choose me as his investment, I felt fully accepting of that because I knew I had done everything in my power and given myself 110%. So if he didn't choose me, that's okay because I've got no, there's nothing I've got left to give. I didn't let nerves get in my way. I didn't, I didn't even think about the fact that I'd be on television in front of millions of people. So like, watch yourself. I just went into it. So if I did get fired, I, I wouldn't have been cool with it, obviously, but it, it is what it is. So, so yeah. Where does that confidence come from? Because I'm, I'm the kind of person who really shies away from, from competition with people. I've never been that. I've just, it's just never been my thing. Where does that sort of inner confidence come from? Mm. Is this something you were just brought up with? Um, I'm getting asked a lot, a lot of that recently. I think I probably didn't realise how confident I am, but I'd, I'm not sure if it's a hundred percent confidence or the kind of acceptance thing is what I'm getting at. So, as I was growing up, I was actually really shy. Like I didn't have any confidence. I was the middle child. I was forgotten about. Um, <laughs> the classic, I, I, yeah. Honestly, like. <laughs> If, I'd be surprised if anyone ever heard me speak. Like, I didn't have anything to say. I had nothing to say. And I really focused on my studies. My dad was quite strict growing up, so I didn't really get, like, the experiences that maybe, like, other kids my age did. Um, and I think, you know, through a few life experiences, I kind of learned that if you don't go out there and get something or put yourself out there or take that risk, the alternative is worse because the alternative is feeling not fulfilled yeah not giving it a go and having that satisfaction and you could actually potentially reach your goal and reach your outcome by putting yourself out there mm -hmm. so I think I started for a little while like faking it till I made it so like I, when I got my first job in a bank I, I honestly was so shy but I forced myself to have those conversations because I didn't want to be seen as the shy person I wanted to excel and, and and progress so I had to fake it a little bit and I still do to this day like it's worked out pretty well, nervous. though. <laughs> I know, I, I hide it really well. I hide it really well. Of course I get nervous. I'm human. We all get nervous, you know. When we went, I, I'm actually, it, it's quite funny. I'm actually quite camera shy. Like, I didn't go on the show because I wanted to be on TV. I, I naively forgot that there'd be cameras everywhere. And I remember seeing all the cameras and everything and feeling like kind of, um, you know, not confident. Sometimes you have body issues or whatever. Um but I just think the alternative is really lame because you're just not getting anything out of your life that way. Just go for it. Take the risk. And guess what? If you look silly or if you fail, so what? It only hurts your ego a little bit, but at least you yeah. tried and you can look back in years to come and say, I gave it a go. I didn't let my nerves get in the way. Yeah. Anyone that's got something to say, guess what? They're probably nervous shy and just jealous probably because they're not in the same position so I think it's just a case of I don't want to let anything get in the way of my goals not even my own lack of confidence but I think that's Wise such word. a good thing that you've gone into that like I said because I think some people especially now the apprentice has been on so long some people do go on it very aware that it's a tv show mm. and almost wanting a media career I mm. think the fact you didn't and that was actually the afterthought, it was solely about 
an investment, the business challenging yourself and being mm. a fan of the show growing up, I think it's really refreshing and massively would have gone in your favour. Mm. Well, it I did. think it did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, it did, it did. I do think Lord Sugar saw that in me because... I don't what honestly watching myself back has been so embarrassing because I didn't realize how direct I am and I I genuinely forgot the cameras were there I didn't care I just cared about winning every single task that's all I cared about and like if I watch it back now I'm like wow harps that calm down is like you know people watching you I just honestly was so laser focused and I think it's just the way I am in normal life like if you want to get something done focus don't let nerves or this or that get in your way crack on and get the job done so I think he saw that in me that's a business brain like I say you was only you weren't worried about the the cameras you only wanted to win and Mm. do your your challenges and the tasks that's business isn't it so that shine right through because actually you're like forget what's going on here I want to win this and prove that I can do this I love that you say about watching it back do you think obviously the power of editing and stuff when you watch a tv show back do you think what we saw on Mm -hmm. tv was a true representation of of how things did happen Mm -hmm. it's a really difficult question to answer because yes and no and I was really naive to to this because like I say I've never been on tv so I applied for The Apprentice because just like everybody else you've watched it and you've thought oh my God, these people are such idiots. I could do a much better job myself. (laughs) You do, we all think it. And that's why I applied. I thought, there's no way they could make me look stupid. Of course not. The way it's set up, honestly, it's really, really tough. The tasks that we do, they're sometimes days on end, but the viewers only see one small snippet and they're the most entertaining bits. There's lots of good things that happen. There's like parts where we're all really collaborative and we have a laugh. But that's not going to make entertaining TV, right? Yeah. So it's just like any situation. Like if you if you take like your full day, you might have like so many good things that happen, but there'll be that one moment where you're stuck in traffic or you've effed and blinded at someone or whatever it is, they just show that element. So yes, it is a representation of what's happened and transpires in the end, but you have to consider that people are like a lot more balanced in real life. They're not under that amount of stress and pressure there isn't £250,000 at stake on a daily basis. Yeah. <laughs> I wish there was. Um, <laughs> so it is It is a true representation of what's happened to an extent, is the best way I could put it. Yeah. Very diplomatic. <laughs> I have to be. What's, yeah. what's, what's next for Osa Young? What, what have you got planned? Oh, I'm so excited. I've had such a good day as well with loads of like good things happening. Um So the biggest thing that came up on the show was that I need to be able to scale the business because I had two dessert parlors when I entered the process, but I want to scale up and quick. And that's what Lord Sugar's concern was. And he said, I said, I could launch a nationwide delivery service across the UK of a range of desserts. Since the show, since I left the process, before I even knew whether I've got the investment or not, I decided to crack on anyway, because I thought this is the direction my business is going in. So in between the um, filming and the show actually being on TV, I was able to like launch that service, get it ready, created my own range of desserts and we launched it on the final night. And um, so now my desserts are available anywhere in the UK um, and you can go onto my website and order them to your doorstep. Um, so alongside that, we've got lots of other routes to grow as well. So with that, I'll keep coming up with new products. I've got some collaborations lined up. 
Um, and we want to increase, obviously, our physical presence because, yes, you can order online and you can try the like really delicious products. You can gift them. But the stores are really magical. You can order hot items there. You can have a milkshake. It's oh. a place to come and chill. So we're going to keep expanding those as well. Sounds oh, very exciting. Yeah, no, I know it's dinner time. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, no, and it always sounds great, and um, and it's and it's nice to see it um, it all happening so fast for you. Um, Thank you. Well, trust happy... me, it's sorry, it's, sorry to interrupt. You know what? I've on. I can. I don't mean to blow my team's trumpet or my own trumpet. It's not just me. Like I have staff that work with me and my sister is also in the business we have worked so 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 hard over the past few months to make this happen so it's really nice to like now share it with people and see it like playing out so it's good but it takes a lot of hard work you're doing it you're doing it you're doing the hard work and it's paying off um yeah well thank you so much for joining us this evening really appreciate it and best of luck with what you got coming up you're welcome thanks so much for having me thank you <laughs> take care bye hon bye bye nice to speak to you. bye, bye, you bye. Too. The positivity coming through my screen. What a, <laughs> do, do you know, you, know, you just you speak to certain people in life that she's got a good head on her shoulders, mm-hmm. love her uh, mentality. And like I say, yeah, j- just through this Zoom. I, she I can do like, like a, a TED talk or something on how to like, you know, successfully 100%. run a business. And also I just really want a really delicious dessert now, which yeah. is bad. She, she's got the power of that in her mind as well. Yeah, by, by the yeah. time I end this show, I need something sweet. I either have to order something or... <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. On my walk back to the train station, I'm absolutely 100% sure I'm going to pick up a Twix or something, which is bad. I shouldn't do. Yeah, Got to be done. Um, yeah, well, you know. It's a trait. It's a trait. Well, what a lovely oh. show as ever. Um, nice show. And, uh, and, and nice to have some like, very like inspirational, positive people on. Really nice, really nice. Love that. Lovely to be back. Lovely to see your face again, babes. And Glad yours. You're feeling better. And, uh, yeah, I'm feeling much better. And especially because this weekend coming up, I am going to Madrid, which I cannot wait for. Love that. It's a special weekend you're going for, isn't it? Something going on there. There's, there is, there is Madrid. Madrid's having a little, it's a little party weekend. Yeah, it's, um, it's a festival, is it? Little little fetish week, actually. A um, fetish festival. Fetish festival. We're not going for that. It just happens to be at the same time. All place. right, Stephen. It's just a, co- <laughs> it's a coincidence. It's You're going to see me swinging my whip round my head. Uh, <laughs> in his harness. Weekend, in a harness yeah. uh, and full leathers, dressed like one of the... <laughs> No, we're going to go like the YMCA men. We're going to be all like uh, the the, um, the the policeman and the builder. And, You'll be packing uh, that boat, baby, or was swinging round a flagpole. Nips, nips in the breeze. Um, yeah, we can't wait. Um, no, it should be, it, babes. We Treat won't be. Yourself. There's two. There's two um, straight women coming with us, so we can't be uh, balls to the wall, literally. Gotta <laughs> um, <laughs> go and be cultured. Exactly. Yeah, we're going to do some nice things, and I'm sure we will <laughs> pop into a gay bar or two. I'm sure it will. It'd be rude not to, babe. Exactly. I can't wait to hear all about it next week. <sighs> and, uh, 
get some photos. Have you got any exciting plan this weekend? I'm assuming no mm. fetish clubs. <laughs> Not, no fetish trips to <laughs> Spain for the weekend. No Spanish men on the cards. Uh, what Boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just work with, seeing a friend, catching up with a friend Saturday, which would be really nice. Going to do a bit of shopping, bit of a lunch, which will probably turn into a drink or two after. Got to be done. Hopefully the sun stays. So no, that'll be really nice. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. I feel like I think weather's here to stay, don't they? Is this the heat wave we've been promised for so long? Now, Don't say it, Bob. You'll jinx it. I've jinxed it. Well, you'll you'll be on your plane Friday. You'll be yeah. fine. You're, you're jetting off to sunny. Who cares? Clients. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, you get lots of photos, Stephen. Enjoy your fetish week. Don't do anything <laughs> I wouldn't do. I can't guarantee that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, uh, on that note, thanks, uh, everyone, for listening. Until next week, goodbye. Bye, guys.